I know that... we kind of wanted to give an overview, like a debrief of what we were doing in our lives. And yes, I, I did a lot of work today because I had to do basically free homework to back. me. Okay. Okay. Leighton is returning later. I had to do free homework <laughs> to the course, the like a course certification, which allows me access to see the resources I need to start my clinicals this fall. So a lot of steps. <laughs> And I went through and I checked through all of that today. Scheduling. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Scheduling my schedule. Oh, dude. We're talking about our lives. I had the biggest like Hail Mary moment for me. It was so great. So I got super unlucky they... and my, my, uh, they released the clinical assignments. Um, and I got super unlucky. They released it and I'm placed in a clinical assignment an hour away. Yay. Um, so yeah, that means an hour drive there, an hour drive back whenever I want. But the thing is, I have to be at the facility ready at 630 in the morning, which means I have to leave UNH, oh, uh, the place at six at 530 in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> which nice. means... Nice. My boy went. My bad. Oh, uh, I leave ducks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Great job. Okay. I wanted to like, yes, we go to that university. I will also like to say we are in no way affiliated with that university. Okay. Now that we have said that, I can move on. There you okay. go. There you go. So, but that means I'm going to have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to prepare to go to my clinical, which will last from 6.30 until 3.30. And then I was scheduled to have another class from 6 to 9.30 that same day. And I was like, this is going to be hell. This will be yeah. awful. Um, And it turned out that via some miracle, my lab that I was going to have that afternoon was moved. So... Right as soon as I get back at like 4.30, I could just hit the fucking hay and go to bed. So <laughs> That's actually real. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's on Mondays, um, too. We're going to have to move. That's oh, on yeah. Mondays. Yes. Well, we've oh, already scheduled bad. the podcast thing. You were there for that, I'm wait, pretty wait, sure. Wait. Yeah, yeah, you we're moving to a different day. Yeah, I know we're yeah. moving to a different day. I don't remember what day it was. He's just not cut up. He's just not cut up. It's because you know? you're a stinky little um, goober. You, you also, stink like so goob. Before we get into our topic, I, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go through our, our lives right now. Um, my life is uh, COVID. Yeah. Uh, it, oh my God, this motherfucker. Oh, so you do have it unmuted. I don't. No, I didn't. I just saw the spider come up on screen, and and then your your face come back. Um, But so, uh, COVID has allowed me to uh, play some games, get through some games. Uh, I'm back on the Sekiro grind, sort of. (laughs) Of course you Um, are. Yeah, I I got the purification ending a little bit ago, and now I'm working on, like, the the bad ending. But uh, another thing that was kind of cool, I played through a game called The Wolf Among Us, uh, it's an well, old I've game. Heard like, that's a really good game. It's fantastic. Wait, Nick convinced me because it was on sale. Dude, really? I didn't realize that they uh, like released the Wolf expansion to Among Us. That's kind of crazy. Mm. Um, that's that's kind of spooky. Uh, because um, I also have heard so that you I'm writing a letter to make 
David resign from the podcast. Um, currently, yeah. this is drafting up a post. formal complaint. Um, <laughs> but, Dude, uh, what are you gonna do once my once my beautiful face is off the podcast? I don't understand. Like, where where is fail. That's yeah. That's this where it goes. is this is the money shot. This is a money shot right here. It's okay. It's okay. I have a I have a separate thing about games i'm currently playing that will get ethan to uh kick me off the podcast so guys i've made a milestone no 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 finally done it i did a i did a full faith win i did a full faith win in civ 6 for the first time ever no science no domination victories Full faith victory. It was great. It was awesome. I loved it. I killed okay. all of the okay. other religions. You get to you get to have your Paradise Lost Catholic fanfic moment, <laughs> and we're gonna move. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're moving <laughs> on, big guy. No one. All right. It's just um, huge. In news. other First in other ever. in other news, uh, the Steam Summer Sales going on. My wallet hates me, but Sorry. it's pretty cool. Aiden's imagine doing imagine doing this faith win but with judaism and that is like the ultimate difficulty <laughs> bro really i can't tell if i'm lagging you could, or if you Aiden's could do lagging. it you, you, you could do it it's possible it's probably me everyone's lagging. oh god also oh, david god. you know you all, all the name and the symbol of the religion is is just it's cosmetic you can choose it you can just it's, it's just you choose a random symbol and you can input a random name or you can choose oh. from a list of like set ones i know i know i was just joking i was just messing around i really appreciate your your adherence to your faith and i i I, like genuinely genuinely now that i have said that i want to talk about getting over it oh my god (laughs) an amazing game that's a funny that's a funny uh phrase right after (laughs) i want to talk about getting getting over over it I'm just over here fucking that. streaming to nothing because I'm lagging like <laughs> shit. Dude, that's actually that. such a good response. That's such a good response to something. <laughs> uh, Alright, so talk about getting over it. I'll, uh, well, I'll let Ethan finish a little bit right after this because I, I'll I'll blast through what I've been doing. Um, I'll end with getting over it, but I'll blast through the other things I've been doing. I finished The Wise Man Fear. It's the second book in the trilogy of the Kingslayer trilogy, which is set to be finished later this November, which is awesome because it's been 15 years since the second book, the one that I just finished, was written. As well, last night, I went to a Bare Naked Ladies concert. It was filled with a lot of 40-year-old women. Uh, next, I've been playing a lot of magic as hey, as typical. Hey, uh, hey, yo. Huh? What you mean by that, over. He was just like, Whoop. What you mean by that, David? I swear to you. I swear to you. In attendance was ninety percent women. Ninety percent women, and then like the one Dungeons and Daddies man. But like, <laughs> oh, yeah. what was what was the what's like one of their most popular songs? One week. They've got one week. One it's week, been... uh, one week. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, another one's the I had a million dollars. Um, I don't another one, one, one week. Uh, oh, I'm sure you've heard the whole universe was in a hot, dense space. 
you know, nearly 14 million years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bazinga. Yeah. And then, so I've been playing Getting Over It, and I've had to take breaks because I have very sensitive skin. Any heat, any water that comes in contact with it will make me break out and stuff. It is not a fun thing. So I've been playing a lot of Getting Over It in the heat, and it has caused rashes to break out on my wrist right here <laughs> so bad. Because, yeah. I mean, I've been playing, I've been playing, like, also, are you playing guitar right now, Layton? No, what you talking My boy is in stance. We know what stance looks like. He is, like, <laughs> yeah, I no. can see it. <laughs> what about? No, I'm not. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, just, um, I'm, I'm listening. I, this is, it's like an ADHD thing. It's calming. Yeah, yeah it's calming. The I understand. There, there is this, That's why I don't like, have it on. Broken, there's this broken old heating pad I got in Scotland a long time ago that I've just been messing with for the past, like, seven podcasts we've done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But what I was going to say about getting over it is, yeah, I have to take breaks because, I mean, when I, when I want to play it, I'm, and I really want to beat this game, um, I mean, I play for, like, two hours straight. And, you know, it's consistent moving my hand in like a circular motion over and over and over mm. so it's causing rashes to break out on my wrist but i am so frustrated at this one part i can basically speed run the game up until this because i've tried it so many times or hell is awful orange hell is so bad it is a section of the map which is like i i isn't it like three-fourths of the way to the end uh, is it like it's more like a little bit more than halfway? Okay, okay. But like I've I've heard that it's just it's I heard that it was bad. I didn't realize it was this frustrating because it's just these goddamn rocks. It's these goddamn rocks which just have the slippiest, slidiest surface. And if you make oh, one yeah. teensy little oopsie, it sends you right back to the beginning of the goddamn map. For context, guys, I've beaten this game ten times. Yes, I know what he's talking about. It sucks. It's horrible. I hate uh, Orange Hell is the worst out of but me. I've beaten him ten times. Asked. Wow, oh my. You uh, got them. Uh, <laughs> still can't beat it, David. Uh, oh, actually, uh, bro. that was another thing. Um, Layton, do you think you're going to go back and play Hades again? I will. Now that I know that I have to beat it, what, 10 times to mm -hmm. get the ending? Yeah, per so that's something Colin I didn't realize. Yeah, it's something I didn't realize. You, If you beat Hades 10 times, like if you do a successful run 10 times, you get the actual ending for the game. Oh, and wait, I didn't Colin realize said that. that? I, like I forgot he was like a huge Hades nut. I'm at like five endings right now. So I, I'll go back and I think I'll go back and play it. Um, I've been wanting, I need to finish Ki Yakuza Kiwami 2. That's something I've been playing. I'm at the very last bit where, uh, like, it's like, are you sure you want to continue? There's no going back, that kind of thing that games do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I'm at that point, and I just need to kind of, I just got to finish it. Just got to end it, and that's Kiwami 2, and then I'll have played three Yakuza games, and then I bought, like, a Dragon Ishin, uh with the Steam Summer Sale, so I want to play that as well, but I will go back to Hades and uh, finish it a couple oh, more sure. times to get that final yeah. ending, because, I mean, that game's awesome, so I enjoy yeah. it anyway. But, I, but yeah, I will go back. Honestly, if, if A Wolf Among Us comes up on Steam, 
you guys should definitely grab it because it's it's such a neat concept that I didn't think of, and then Nick had me play it, and I 100% of it because I was like, very it's very so, cool. As long as we're talking about Steam right now, there's a particular game which is on sale for ten dollars right now. No, and I think it would be worth purchasing Only it if up? you if you indeed are on Only Steam. Up? <laughs> We've won, guys. It's over. What happened? Did we you get it? Him? We did it. Aiden, <laughs> 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 did you kick him? Stream. 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 The right click, kick, and then disconnect. Oh, <laughs> ah! yeah, <he> <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta, I gotta wash this back. I gotta wash this back. Anyways, um, to skip over what I was just going to say, anyways, um... <laughs> oh, no! He's so bad! He looks so bad! I, I, I feel bad now. I just did you so dirty. You probably should. You probably <laughs> should. My boy literally brought up the cursor, goes over, clicks on David, and kicks him No, 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 no. I also waited there for half a second thinking about my choices. <laughs> Oh, so you 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 consciously chose to do that one. That's fun. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, right. So, anyways, uh, have you guys heard of the only up craze? I, Fortnite I, only up. I bought the game and decided not to do that to myself, so I refunded it immediately. Good. Why? But I might I might do it. I might actually do it later because I I think they it's actually, the kind of they game got into that I some. Play. They got into uh, into some. Um, What's it called? Uh, heat because they apparently stole a bunch of assets, so the creator had to re like redo the entire game or a majority uh, of the game. As ben as David now knows from Bennett Foddy, uh, that game is what we would call a B game. That's Going funny. down the yeah. road, feeling bad. Oh, David <laughs> immediately <laughs> after eight <laughs> six. <I'm... laughs> Alright, David, would you like to share your piece before we get into the topic? Because we have yet to well, start I, the topic. I have one more thing to say after David goes. Okay. I'm so sorry, David. All I was no, say not. is... He's, he's not. It's a cool game. Uh, Ten bucks. Not a bad price. Um, That'll I be David's say, though, birthday present. The original uh, people who made the game are actually no longer receiving funding for the game. So, I mean, I wouldn't in no way ever endorse this, um, but there are ways to pirate it online um, so that the people who have stolen the game from the creators via legal means uh, actually aren't receiving profit from the game. So, Wait, so, so has, has the people who are publishing the game, like, they're... Wait, I'm confused. The people who publish and create the games are the same people. And uh, they recently got under extreme scrutiny. Uh, well, not scrutiny, I should say. They did some not great things either, but like uh, there were legal troubles or something surrounding it. And based with like a tiny clause in the law or something like that, the game was funded to like this entire different company and mm. not the people who made the game at all. And they completely annexed all the people who are who made the game. Um, 
And so they're receiving zero funding for any sales of the game, even though it was all their work. What Holy shit. This? That's fucked. What game is this? Aiden, Aiden, what game is this? Aiden, 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 why'd you kick David if you didn't know what game it was? <laughs> Disco Elysium. That's what I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him a copy of Disco Elysium for his birthday, David. <laughs> that will be his gift. That's so fucked. Actually, I actually no, have no, no, the meaning no, no, no. to No, no, I want to check really quick. I want to check really quick. When's birthday, Ethan? It's a day in the year, so... <laughs> Got him. I mm -hmm. feel like it's in November. Right. You guys are such fucks. You guys are such fucks. I have, I have, a, I have a vague feeling it's in like November okay. or something. I know. I know that it's. Yeah, no, I think it's. No. It's in the school year because it happened during the school year. You guys are the worst. M maybe? Okay, so when moving on. Um, one other piece I, of uh, news accomplishment for me. It's don't worry. It has nothing to do with Civ Six oh or Faith victories. Okay. <laughs> um, I hundred percented uh, Katana Zero. Finally, I finally got all the achievements for it. All the achievements are easy except for the gold speed run. That was a pain in the ass, and that took me a while. But that's what I was really putting all my time and effort into. But I finally hundred percented Katana Zero. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, Next is to go full platinum with that, and I don't want to do that, so I'll be saving that for a later date called Never. <laughs> Actually, well, um, full platinum run is two. Oh, that, that's uh, another thing. Well. Right. It was it is two dollar no three dollars on Steam right now, so I just bought Bioshock two. <laughs> I bought um, Nick has been I, nonstop talking about it, so I bought well, the that's Valve Bioshock collection. Regular. I, I did Valve two. Collection. I bought it. It's simply. 125 bucks normally. Five bucks right now, guys. Go yeah, get it. It was 519 for me. It's so worth it. For real. All those Gary's mod. Uh, yeah, no, all the Gary's mod right asset there. packs. Right, right there, guys. Literally. So I also want to say that I played Bioshock for a little bit. I played Bioshock Remastered. I didn't get the craze. I don't. I don't get it. I didn't either. I stopped after a little bit. I feel like I'm going to get back into it. I've been kind of craving something like that. I'm going to play. I've been tempted I to like buy like Fallout 4 as well. I but I have New Vegas, so I'm going to I'm going to play through New Vegas first before It feels like 4. to me it felt like a mix between the Metro games and Amnesia. And it mixed in a way that I wasn't really pleased with, if I'm honest. Like it mm. didn't it didn't Feel great to me. I don't know Nick why. Nick is like you could talk to that that kid about that game right now, and he would like not shut up about it. He was like, I made a comment last night. He was going on the Xbox Store, and he's like going through like the descriptions and stuff, and he yeah. finds out something. And he's like, he's like, oh my god, Bioshock Two was made six years later, and I go, bro is a detective for nobody right now. He is sleuthing for <laughs> clues fair. nobody needs. And he like screamed, shut the fuck up at me, and I was like, this guy, dude. He was also was... like, you remember. Oh god! Sorry. He he was also like reading like the reviews and stuff, and he's like two star review. The whole game's a political statement, and he's like, "No <laughs> shit, it's Bioshock." And I'm like, "Damn, Nick, <laughs> my little boy Nick's all grown up." <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this from our group chat, but there was a game I tried recently that I couldn't get my tiny little Willie to play um it was so scary 
my balls went inside me at multiple <laughs> points. <laughs> like Outlast? Really? Brother, they never played it. Neither have I. Dude, I, I actually, I'm gonna keep it real. Outlast I'm keep it real. is an experience. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm I'm not the greatest with scary stuff. That's why I love it so much because because I like Ooh. I get so invested in scary spooky things. The reason that I like it so much is because I get so invested. But it also means that if I feel like I'm in it, I'm probably gonna shit myself right then and there Dude. on the spot. A uh, a thing I did for Outlast 2 that actually really helped me is I put Jacksepticeye's playthrough up on my phone or in my headphones, and then I like or like I had it on the side, and I was able to like play with him, so it felt like I was playing with somebody, and so I was able to experience it as well as like not actually scare the shit out of myself. Um, so it was nice. Bro, I'm I'm gonna keep it fully real. I. I did something similar, not with Outlast, but specifically with Getting Over It. I put Mark's playthrough of Getting Over It in the background, so his screams <laughs> of desperateness and terror would make me feel more at ease and at home. Um, oh that video was so popular. It is, like, one of the most revered, like, Markiplier videos yeah, ever. Yeah, it's because he chucks his fucking chair. He picks it up and throws it because he's so angry. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> doesn't he doesn't he stop the episode one time because he's at yes. Orange Hell? It's because the, it was the chair because uh, he threw. I think I think that was the episode. He threw the chair because he fell off of Orange Hell and he was like, "I'm done. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Can't do this." Anymore. <laughs> um, Fucking, also, guys, um, actual nerdy news that I just remembered. Um, Phasmophobia is coming to Xbox and PS5 with crossplay. Yeah, hey, I saw that. I have I have I was on PC. Even. You should buy it so we can play. I'm gonna buy it on sale. Good man. You don't have it on Steam right now? No. I'd buy it. That's a surprise for me. I want it. I also, want it really um, bad, but a little awesome. fun fact, I want you guys to try something that's coming in the mail right now. I bought a um treasured realm bundle from uh, Many Worlds Tavern and it's coming in the mail right now. Uh it's one of their brews that comes with uh, a dice set a magic item like a limited edition sticker and then and then the coffee so I'll, I'll make a batch and give it to you guys um, um a cool thing about a cool thing about that offer that i saw was that um when you purchase stuff from many worlds tavern like online uh, i believe like a dollar or something is donated to a charity of your choice so if you go on mm-hmm. there and you go decide to purchase something you can actually uh go down, scroll down a little and choose which of like four i believe charities they have listed you can choose which one you want to donate to um that's very so cool it's pretty cool a little shout out to many worlds um, all right, yeah, so, we're not, we're so not sponsored we should, we should, we just we should, like yeah, we should probably intro into our fucking podcast. Yeah, and I'll put this um, down. We're yeah, actually introing for once. It's only 40 right. minutes in. No. Oh. All right. So, okay. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Four Light Podcast, a weekly show of gaming, gaming news, and all things entertainment related. I'm your host, Ethan, alongside my co-hosts. I'm David. I'm Leighton. And I'm Aiden. Holy shit! That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I am so proud of all three of you. I am so proud. I literally like. I'm reading. I was reading, and I was like, uh, I get to like entertainment related, and I go, oh shit, I didn't tell them. (laughs) All right. Um. Anyways, a little bit of housekeeping as always. 
You can find us anywhere you stream podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, really anywhere. Uh, and you can find us visually on YouTube about one week after, like, when we are streaming on uh, Twitch. So we now stream on Fridays and uh, Sundays at 9.30. And so around, like, probably Monday to Tuesday of the following week is when it gets uploaded. All dependent on Aiden's schedule, what he's doing, if he can get it out, etc. Um, and... That's really it. Uh, today we are going to be kind of continuing and finishing up our Alcor Uprising topic that we had last time. We kind of over-talked because it's a, it's a big discussion, uh, something that I'm really into, and I'm pr- I'm very happy that you guys are all into as well. Um, For the record, we thought it was going to be first. Our original estimate was like half an episode, and then our final estimate before the episode was one episode. <laughs> It became two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the friggin' like homebrew experience. It was all Alcor. Yeah, and right. we need, we need to finish up Alcor. I believe we stopped at like the big bad like what like we 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 were just about to get into uh, the introduction of James's character and the whole statue uh, situation mm-hmm. and all of like the ending bits for Alcor. And I have a couple, like, kind of subtopics that I want to talk about. And we're not going to get into, like, too many of the specifics of, like, anything else that happened. These are kind of just the big ones, so I we can actually get into that kind of homebrew topic. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing today that I want to kind of focus on is making sure that after we talk about it, just kind of giving some advice. Because that's something that we did do in the last one, but it was a little become. And so... Might as well start it right at where we left off. Um, we alluded to this kind of event that happened in the campaign in which the guys actually, to me, I had legitimately, I was like, okay, you guys can go to the next location. And I had completely forgotten that I had introduced James in a small village that was about halfway through these two locations. And I was just like, okay, we're going to ride right through and just completely the entire sub point of bringing back this kind of main character thing that I built up. Um, and I said like, okay, so you guys get to this next town. And I think Layton or Joey or someone goes, wait, what about the, what about the village? What do you, what do you mean? I think it was Joey. On the fly. It was Joey. Yeah. I, on the fly was like, uh Oh, Oh God. Um, what do I, (laughs) and like, I am so glad that I went back because this kind of made for one of the, best if not the best moment in the campaign i think it was um, probably like so basically a little bit of context this village that i had created um served as oh maybe i can grab it hold on hold on oh god he's gonna go through the archives and go get um yeah. the the D village that him. he made i got him okay i'm back um so this this village had served because I had created this rock monster and really wanted to use him, but I didn't know how to add him to the, the campaign in an actual way. <laughs> so I just decided, you know what, I'll make a village and I'll put him there. <laughs> um, also, so, so by the way, Ethan, bro, bro made a talus. Bro made a talus. Oh, yeah, I belong, like, Legend of Zelda, that thing. That was so funny. Uh, he legitimately, it's yeah, like he took it. Yeah, out of so there's there's a crystal growing out of its back, and all of us who have played Breath <laughs> of the Wild are just like, "Huh, okay, blast it." <laughs> you need to have played Breath of the Wild to understand that. 
Oh my god, Aiden. Gamers chat. Homie, your internet dog. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, but so I made this area. We introduced James before the final fight. Um, he then came to this final fight, fought with us, and then we came back. Um, and they kind of were like, "No, we want to go back. We want to bring this. We want to bring news of the whole purpose of going up to fight this bad guy was to find this kid that had gone missing from one of the townspeople, like one of the ladies in the town. It was just suspicious of her her son leaving." So they wanted to bring news that he had actually ended up dying in this fight, and they wanted to go do that. And what ended up happening is they all got there, and I kind of set the scene by making it sort of nightish, like it, the sun's going down. Um, and as they walk into the town, there's a statue being built. And specifically, though, there's and like just the reason why a statue is being built is because about a day ago or two days ago. Um, a stone talus was just killed in this town by these like legendary heroes that these people now revere. But for the record, you forgot to say exactly how we killed said stone talus. Oh yeah, they they uh okay. You know what, Leighton Martinez? All right, you like hey, you like messing up my credit, fights? All right. I just want um, credit for the idea for what happened there. They they ended up pushing him off a cliff. Um, which caused him basically just a, a massive amount of damage, and he died. Which was a very cool thing because I actually really didn't think of it. And then they started like slowly pushing him towards the edge, and I was like, "No shot, no fucking shot. This is stupid." And gotta love the Elders' blast. Gotta love the Elders' blast. But so they get into this town. The statue is being built, and I kind of describe it as strangely, though there are six adventurers in this party. Only two people are on the statue. There's Coat, which is David's character, and then there's the mighty Tum Tum, who's up on his shoulder, uh, kind of holding on to. I think I think he's a bow staff. I think that's what his weapon of choice was. Um, yeah. And obviously, immediately, this puts into turmoil the the rest of the party because none of the other st the statues are being basically finished. They're not being worked like being built up from like there's no more shoes or anything like that. And so. Joey kind of goes in and we start like kind of starting this encounter and it just kind of went balls to the wall immediately and just things were happening and people were just saying things and so um, so I'm gonna give a little context yeah, on this. Yeah. Both Joey and I immediately I think Justin and David went to the tavern to go do something with drinking and David can give his perspective on that piece. But uh while this was going on. But Joey and I went up to the townspeople working on the statue and we were like, hey Where's what about the rest of them? And they're like, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, we don't recognize you. We only know about these two heroes. And you know, as a <laughs> warlock, I have to have high charisma to begin with. So I, you know, rizzed them up and was like, yeah, yeah, but I was there. You guys remember me, don't you? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think I remember you. Joey tried to do it and failed miserably. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, we still don't know you. And then the, the cherry on top was that I pretended to not know him either. So Joey started getting. <laughs> pissed not actually but like his uh, character yeah his character got pissed and started like threatening the townspeople with like his dagger like putting it up to their throat and uh it spewed into this whole like outside brawl event where the townspeople and the guards were trying to fight off joey who's you know god art artificer and 
Um, the worst fucking part, too, is that he rolled like three nat 20s on random things he wanted to do when I gave him like disadvantage. And he was like, four civilians, too. <laughs> it, it is was so civilians. bad. It like, it was such a funny fight, too, because it's like back and forth of, oh my God, and then one step further, and then one step further. Um, and then like, um, James getting involved with Tum Tum and just stepping oh, in yeah. and be like, don't worry, guys. I'm here and rizzing, <laughs> rizzing up the entire town. And they're like, like oh, they all oh, know got... Tum Tum. So it's like right as he steps up, it's like everybody hushes down. And it's like the rest of the group is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What is going on? And he just like the words that came out of James' mouth was, everyone, I am Tum Tum, son of Mum Mum. And it was like, I think Joey actually like almost like screamed of laughter. Like he was like legitimately dying at the table because it just came out of nowhere. And this was an introduction to James basically because he hadn't played D and D before. Um, and so like honestly, kind of moving into like what I learned from this moment is, for like first of all, you never want to leave out a like thing if like your players bring up something, if they bring up a place that they want to go to or a place that they were interested in, allow them to do so and try your best to just push stuff at them. Because then really, really funny interactions can happen, really fun interactions, and then those things will be, like, held onto for the rest of the time they think about this adventure. Um, I think one of the things I struggle with, and that's something we talked about last time, was, like, in, like including Aiden and making sure Aiden's character had specific things that were, like, he was just involved. Like, and in, in he had missed a couple, um, uh, a couple sessions, so it was kind of, he was set back a little bit. But one of the things I did in this was like, okay, I need to target something at him. And I sent like a little kid up to him and the little kid wanted him to go play with uh, another one of the characters who was playing on stage. And like, he went up and I think, did you like sing or like, what did you do? Or, like, I you played, played drums. drums or something. You did something. I played drums. I, yeah. It was like, it was something interesting. And it was like, you, I, like you burned the sticks or something and you just started playing. And it was like a really like happy, joyous like session especially yeah. after a really like not so great session um yeah. what do you guys think it, about it, it, things it, it was learned? it was immediately following the the flop session of like the whole stuff that went on with the big bad and then my character and mm. um that kind of stuff and it was immediately following that and we weren't expecting it to be so hilarious but it was because there were like two separate events that happened there it was the whole statue thing which was Three of us were involved in that, and then three of us were involved um, in the the whole tavern section, which was like happening at the same time as the statue incident. And they just, mm -hmm. I don't know, they, it was it was very well um, played. It played out very well. Like uh, yeah. David, you have more you know, knowledge about what happened on the tavern because I think you. Oh were yeah. There. So I, I was part of the tavern section, and one of the things is with my character is he. You know, before he became desperate and started looking for money to, like, you know, fund his family and stuff, uh, he worked as a person who would go and following disasters and, like, following disastrous events to help them uh, rebuild their towns and stuff um, with, like, his woodworking skill because his family were, like, well-renowned woodworkers and all sorts of stuff. Um, so he sees that this tavern has been destroyed. Um and he's just like, my calling comes. And he goes there, 
now you know we start uh, it, it's like a side story thing so we're kind of like we're we're building up the tavern and everything and then slowly all like uh, a group of townspeople come and help us more and more you know we get drunk out of our mind and i i start rizzing up the barmaid <laughs> again and this fucking guy <laughs> i don't know how it continually works over and over again but this guy has like and he has like a tin in his charisma stat. <laughs> Base level, normal, no negative. It's because you yeah. always got advantage with your max Riz IRL stat. Yeah. You <laughs> would like explain up. something out and everybody at the table would be like, Ethan? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, just <laughs> fucking give him advantage. God damn it. <laughs> because this is the thing too. I was just, I was, I was, you know, I was trying to get into the character. I'm like, this guy is, you know, he he's a, a rather good-looking, tall individual. He could probably pull a lady or two. <laughs> Specifically um, <so>. tall. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I want you to shut your mouth right now. Uh, yeah. For viewers who don't know, uh, David is a short fellow. So that's why the joke's funny. He's a short king. Uh, ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Look, this is the chair next to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny that I'm 6'6", six, six, or like six, like very, very close to 6'6", six, six, and you are 5'4". It's just, it's one of the funniest things about our the friendship. The two of them standing next to each other is hilarious. Bro, okay, so <laughs> I, I didn't end up doing this because I couldn't figure out a way really to make it work, but I wanted to make a Magic the Gathering card, like a a partner commander, or like a duo commander, you and me, but I was going to have that it would be, be like... awesome. Yeah, but I was going to have it be like, you know, how there's like Gisa and Geralt or whatever Magic cards, but like it would be you and me next to each other. That's I just so thought of cool. an idea. That'd be funny. <laughs> but, My boy's uh, searching. I know that. What did you guys? Wow. Sorry. Um, what did you guys like learn from this event? Other than, and I know Layton's sort of already gone. We'll go. We'll come back to you. But um, Aiden slash David, like, was there anything you learned as players from this like tavern area, or like just the going to the village in general? Um. I mean, I I thought it was I thought it was a really good. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily learned much, but like I had a great time. I learned that yeah. when the DM gives privileges to the characters to, you know, interact with NPCs, that's when the campaign becomes the strongest. Yeah, mm -hmm. when 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 there's less like you know dialogue options and more just free flowing, like role play with each other that's when it really opens up because it allows the players to really get into their character and like play it how they want to play it and then the world responds to that yeah that's actually a really good point though because like sorry um me and Layton keep talking over each other it's so bad right, it's <laughs> um, like, like a slight lag before one of us starts yeah but like i think what I really try to do is at least give you guys opportunities and then also make it like so that, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, there's one, there's two more moments that I want to talk and then we'll kind of like finish up the Alcor uprising um, topic because I know. Yeah. Um, but there's another thing of just like where you guys would lead me somewhere or like, and, and Justin did it in this, in the next couple encounters where he like, he looked at me 
and he said something out loud to the table and then looked back at me and we like made recognition of like what he wanted me to do and i was like you vile creature you evil son of a bitch and he just like it was just like this thing of like it really works when you can communicate with your players that way especially when it's so like it's just you can go anywhere you can do anything but it also is there there's that connection um so yeah do are you guys cool if i move well i'm gonna say really quickly something i've learned about like interacting with the dungeon master as a player um especially in like trying to play your character i found that you can't uh like try to force an outcome you see what i mean like Mm -hmm. everything about it has to come like in the moment naturally like justin's thought of like i need to use detect magic oh i have i have one of joey's priceless (laughs) family heirlooms that's worth one gold i mean that's worth at least a diamond yoink and like that kind of thing it has to be like in the moment uh oh i could do this not a uh it's not something that you give input like um like you can't ask the dm to 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 force something for you or to to move a certain way it's all about like in the moment because you're playing a character your character doesn't know what the hell happens next your character can certainly try to do things but like that's that's about as far as they go right Right. they don't have a, a foresight that you do that reminded me of like um one of the, another thing that i really liked about this campaign is we would talk afterwards and you guys would give me tips of like hey i like this hey i like this we should work like i didn't this didn't really work well for me this session blah 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 Layton did that a lot because i would go to him because we were still working on his character so i was trying to figure out if he felt good about whatever session we were playing um and one of them was the very first or second session i think you i we were in the um the swift hand in the undercity of Alcor. And you made like, I, I think you guys, you guys were in this, this other tavern in the undercity of Alcor and the barkeep comes up and starts talking. And you as a nobleman, um, I think made a comment that a nobleman wouldn't say. And so as the DM, I was like, I'm going to try to switch this on him. And I made like a comment of the barkeep is like, well, why would you say that as someone of your status or something like that? And it like, he like Layton, you told me afterwards it was like a, immediately flip of the switch and his character kind of shifted back to where he needed to be. Yeah, um, no. and it's things like that, like light things you can do where other players aren't going to see it, but the player that is it's focused on is going to be able to tell. Yeah, that whole thing <clears throat> like that wasn't the character I had written who I was trying to play because again I I had said this last time I had a really hard time with this guy trying to figure out like how to play him, and that wasn't the character I had written and Ethan knew that and he very expertly like within the scene tried to correct something that I had done that wasn't like within how he and I had talked about my character. And mm-hmm. that's the whole thing of like, you can't force something and it has to be kind of natural. Um, and that made, that made perfect sense to me. And I had talked to him about it after. I was like, yeah, that's, that was awesome. Thank you. Like, that was really good. Um, yeah. So that just kind of flowed really well. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving into the next portions, um, I kind of want to, like, basically there's a portion after this, they go back to uh, the safe haven of that kind of teleports them in between this area. It's it's not really that 
important. They have a stealth uh, mission where they just have to get through um, Joey's, like, um, what's that word? Keep, Mansion. I guess. It's like it was his house, I guess. Yeah, it was his um, house. But they just had to get through there. They got uh, his um, stone defender or metal defender or whatever the freak is called. Um, and that was a really cool encounter. But beside the fact of just like they were going around, they were sneaking, it wasn't really too important. Um, they ended up getting caught at the end. And that was a kind of important part where I was like, the, the previous... The reason why the big bad fight, and I, we talked about this earlier, flopped, is because you guys didn't run away. And in this circumstance, all three, uh, like, the entire table was like, we're going to run away. And I looked at you guys and went, guys, 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 there's like 40 people, guys, It wasn't guys. even like a runaway <laughs> thing. We were about to surprise oh, you were here to a group fight. of yeah. <laughs> like, fully armed, fully trained guards. And we were, I was about to shatter next to them. And then, like, Oh God. Like uh, Joey was prepared to send his like metallic eagle at them. Uh, mm -hmm. Like all of us were prepared to fight, and Ethan was like, "Guys, hey, guys, 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 go!" <laughs> like multiple times throughout this this thing, I was going. There is like forty or thirty sets of footsteps. There are and, like every one of them is just like no. So like honestly, let's like gear up here. Uh, we'll make a noise over here, and then we'll back. I was like, oh my god. They're gonna get themselves killed. This is what's happening. <laughs> and like I said that, and it was kind of a like I mean, some DMs may frown upon doing that. It's like you put yourself you're they put themselves in this situation, they should kind of live it out. But at the same time, it was like I didn't want them to die over a stupid situation like that. Um and so this was a kind of collective the the table just was like, Okay, let's not let's go willingly. Uh, because the guards were basically there to take them and bring them to the king, which was a big section of this campaign that kind of switched switched the angle of how you guys saw the one of the big bads. Um, and so they get up, and the whole kind of purpose of this campaign is, okay, we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on and who's trying to take over the throne of this kingdom of Alcor. What's going on? Who, who is this? And the current king is King Tragen. And they are brought to King Tragen. And King Tragen's like, what the hell were you guys doing this entire time? You guys are failures. We hate you. What are, like, what's going on? Like, you guys suck. Um, and one a very interesting moment is that Leighton behind the scenes had actually been talking to me about using sending stones to talk to one of the advisors of the king. Which, to him, seemed like he was just trying to give him information as his character. But to me, was basically his, this advisor was just going to King Tragen going, they're getting a little too close. They're getting a little too close. They're getting a little, and Leighton didn't know this. And so we get up to the, the fight, and Leighton kind of steps up and is like, but we have been talking. We've been, I've been sending sending stones to this advisor, Marissa. Like, this is a very key thing I've been doing. And the king looks at him dead in the eyes and goes, you're lying. What are you talking about? I don't know anything about whatever you're talking yeah, about. This uh, is not like, true. And like at the table, Leighton looks at me and goes like, what, you. what do you mean? <laughs> and like, it was this huge was kind of backstab thing um, that I had worked out. And then obviously the, the kind of the kill section of this was, this was the part where Justin as I said before, kind of looked at me and he said to the group, um, kind of, it was targeted towards the king, 
but he said like um kind of to the soldiers and the king as well like don't you see that the king is manipulating you you guys wouldn't want to live under a kingdom of fear would you blah 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 um like we should we should rise up or something along the lines to kind of get all of the the soldiers that were lined up next to the king to kind of turn um and he looks at me and i thought he at first he was genuine he was like oh my god i want to actually try to fight but he looked at me and also like kind of texted and was like i want you to i want you to kill one of them <laughs> and it was like <laughs> what do you mean what do you... because basically what happens is it's a it's a threaten it's like he was challenging King Tragen to do something, and what happens is a soldier turns, and he's like, but, sir, blah, blah, and he kind of steps a little bit out of line. King Tragen goes over and just murders him in front of the entire group. And it's like this crazy moment, and I look back at Justin, and he's got this grin on his face, and I was like, you are evil. You are evil, dog. This is He's an up. evil man. He's an evil, <laughs> evil man. But that was like, again, it just... Uh, basics on the connection thing it was just a really great um kind of i i could see it and it happened and it was it, we moved on past that um is there you anything nearly, you guys want to mention you, you on top killed of that david after that you nearly killed him and then uh uh oh, yeah. nearly got himself killed <laughs> wait wasn't that wait when was that that was the next part wasn't that when a... that was at, like when everything started like the cities fell. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, that was the final, the final bit before the end. Well, honestly, we can jump to that because it's like there's not much. It's more just I wanted to use this as a kind of learning of like just talking you talking to viewers as well as talking to you guys about how this went because yeah. it's been an interesting thing. Um, but so moving to that point, I remember when something that was really, really like helped me a lot. I think it, David did do it on purpose in certain circumstances, which I appreciated. Is he would go afterwards and be like. David, uh, you're not David. He would say, Ethan, like, I really appreciated this. This was really, really well written today. Like, I really, really liked this. And it made me, like, so much more excited to move on to the next part. And yeah. that was something that he he commented on about this this kind of event. Um, basically, the the top of Alcor, from, from this moment that they fight with the king, um, which is going to sound kind of crazy, the top of Alcor falls down into the Undercity because of this giant explosion that happens. Basically, the, the world just shakes and it falls. Um, and all of the guys are under underground, kind of safe away from it. And when they come out, they've realized that the king with a bunch of mages is protecting a bunch of civilians, but the magic is soon to wear off. And so these guys must save these people in time, get them all out before these rocks get dropped on a bunch of civilians. Um, and so it was this mad dash to get to certain things. And this was a, this was really cool as you guys all planned out. I was like, okay, we're going here, we're going here. The fastest people who were um, Justin's character, who was like a, a feline, had feline agility, so you can move like 120 feet a second. Um, and then Joey, who had his grappling hooks, they wanted to go to the farthest rock, and then like uh, the slowest characters, which would be David, and I think it was Aiden, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I only had. Like went characters. to the the kind of the closest rock, and then James' character and uh, Layton's character went to the farthest, which they're like medium characters. They're not they're not fastest, but they're not the slowest. We didn't go to the um, farthest. We went to like the mid range rock. Yeah. But... Um, and it was just kind of a like. Oh, what's gonna happen? And tensions are high. Blah blah blah. Skill checks went pretty well, 
And this was apart from the like I don't really necessarily learn too much. More just the fact that like it doesn't have to be combat. Like you can make something really, really eventful out of just a like something that's happening out of skill checks instead of like this huge big fight that's going back and forth and like oh my god who's gonna win you can still make something grand and whatever out of yeah. just um kind of planning i would say yeah uh, and the roll off that ethan had uh so we went to go try to save these people and um to explain like what he means by that uh ethan had um the king order his mages to drop the rocks on top of us whatever he was doing that for appearances and so he had the mages drop rocks on top of us and it was like mm -hmm. oh shit all of a sudden because uh david got uh caught under one and he like failed the Dude, next skill it was check bad it was bad. oh yeah that it was, was like at the table like <laughs> david's like i'm going to cut off my leg or like i'm gonna drag my leg out or something what did you end up doing i can't remember what you did I ended up dragging my leg out because I figured someone could heal it rather than me losing a leg. And I think we did right, right, manage right. to do that. Um, but then it was, yeah, because then we're at the table like contemplating if he would end up passing out because of the amount of pain he was in and stuff. And it was just this no, legit. My guy's a G. My guy's a G. You're also a <laughs> my absolute G. You can just rage. It was, a, it was another oh shit moment for us when uh, Ethan and oh, yeah. to do that. And we were like, what do you mean? Bumble. What do you mean he drops the rock? But um, it, we we finished up pretty uh, like close after that. Um, yeah. Another thing is like if you're playing with multiple people, which you should be, um, like kind of other players, not just like as a player talking to other players leading other players in a direction that you can see the dm wants the that player to go is generally a good move because if a player just doesn't see like what's going to happen or like what's going on and like doesn't realize something but everybody else does they can kind of like say hey <laughs> don't do that um and yeah. i know that kind of breaks the whole like you're your character you're not going to know to say this you're not there in the moment that does kind of break it but at the same time like I mean, fudging it a little bit. James, it, to explain, it, James yeah, almost yeah. ran at the king, like, full sprint at him, and the king would have just, you know, chopped him in half in one moment. Uh, and we were like, James, maybe maybe don't do that. Maybe don't get killed, because it was his first time playing, and we didn't want him to lose the character right there, because we wanted him to keep playing with us and not, like, feel discouraged about it. Because um, character does... He'd been rolling bad, like, the last two sessions, too. It, it was, was... I was like, dude, we, we are not putting this against, like, fate right now, bro. You need to it get was, out of there. It was awful. I was like... But um, that's something I uh, thought about was um, that affirmation that doing that is a good thing. Like as a I player, actually, to other players. I really like that idea because it's like um, it's one. It, I think it it jumps playgroup to playgroup, and I think that's something you just address to your players before you start. Is like, hey guys, if you want to play as your character, like I'm like such like a player is playing an evil character, and their entire thing behind the scenes is to sabotage the group. Um, 
you got to address that. You have to be like, hey, you're going to look really bad if you do this and or you're just going to look like you're not doing anything, etc. This may cause turmoil, but it also could cause you to just not have as much fun because you are not in the action. You're just avidly trying to do the opposite. Um, Yeah. And I think that's something that just as you play, like, I think if it varies, but as our group was, is like, there are certain things that are like, it's metagaming, like, you, your character doesn't know that, that this is exactly how this monster works, and that this area is weak or whatever, or like, this type of damage is weak, like, you don't know that right off the bat, you can get sort of lucky if it's the only uh, weapon in your inventory, but if you specifically decide over three like turns to fasten like a specific type of weapon, yet you haven't asked the DM anything, it looks really weird, and it can come across as weird later down the line. But then there are other things of just like, hey, you're a new player, you don't know what's going on, uh, and the other kind of more experienced players are like, hey, let's kind of guide you a little bit this way, like they, this might end up getting you killed or something. Let's not run at the big bad. Right, let's and it's. Those are things that kind of just can be addressed as you play and as your group kind of progresses together. So, yeah. Did, All right. Uh, so I did. Sorry. You either go. of you two? Did either of you two have any like final thoughts as like players on that? Uh, I really all? think I. I mean, I just wanted to say I think it's really a, an interesting concept that I liked is um, that the health of an enemy doesn't really matter as long as the players are having fun in the campaign. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I think I really like the puzzle aspect because it didn't feel as much of like a, you know, continuous fight, which is awesome by the way. And I love that aspect, but like the puzzle aspect of like these guys these people are going to die if we don't save them. How do we save them? Type aspect. Right. Yeah, that was really really neat. Yeah. And that I was, was a... it was very good yeah. for the table too to kind of just it played immediately start into my about it. yeah it played into my my uh, character very well which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then any any thoughts again you didn't as just a DM what do you think on just puzzles fighting no, etc. It was a great it was a great balance. I feel like you could um, benefit from more um, story driven sessions like purely story driven mm-hmm. sessions. Because a lot of a lot of the sessions were you go in, you do the story, you end with combat, and then we're good, which is yeah fun. I will admit, combat's very fun. Like it's fun to strategize with your friends and stuff. But you know, it could benefit from doing entire sessions that are all role play and going through story and talking with people and giving think... story elements that go together um, and piecing them together as a group. Um... I, I agree 100% because it's like I I remember coming back from I think like Rite Aid or something like that and I turned to you and you said this you said something along the lines of your, what you're saying now um, and I think my response at the time was like and it sort of is still I think now honestly as we work into our way of getting back to school and starting up part two and stuff um, that might be a more thing that I, I kind of focus into is just that Story really, really role play heavy games work really well for players who are very experienced because it's something that you one when you're very experienced, you know you know the gist. You got you got it down, you know what's going on, you're sitting down, you're ready to build out this character, you're ready to build out the story. Um somebody for like James, and that's something I brought up to you, is like James 
brought up to me that he was getting bored in certain circumstances because there were so many long, long to at least him um, sections of just role play story yeah. etc and that's why i would like throw in like maybe a couple boss or like or like a boss or like maybe a couple minions or something to kind of you know, gravitate towards and maybe like the rest of you guys and uh experienced players would do that is like no i'm gonna just keep moving on i'm good like they, these two can fight those things i'm gonna keep running and or keep going on and talking to whoever or something like i, that. I so. think that's um i think that's 100 case by case i think that's 100 based on like uh the kind of player group you're playing with i think it's like because for me i'll do sessions with my friends and that uh and that's kind of this is kind of a homebrew topic but i'll do sessions Mm -hmm. with my friends that are um like quick ones like not as long ones because we haven't done a long campaign in like a year um since i went down there last but uh we'll do quick sessions where it's purely combat and we love it like we don't have to have the story side of things. We want um, a pure combat experience sometimes, and uh, sometimes it works out better that way. Uh, like it re- again, it really depends on like what you're looking for, um, what the group is looking for, and that kind of thing. Like having a fully story-driven couple of uh, sessions could be really good for a group that's looking for that. Because right. if you're not, you're going to get bored really quickly and you're going to get kind of annoyed and it's going to get kind of tedious and you're not going to be able to fully focus on that. Um, I personally really do like the... I, I like both sections of it, but I would have to be really invested in my character to want a fully story-driven uh, section. Um, like, I don't know. It, it, it really depends. I, I do... I'm the kind of person that really enjoys the combat setting and um, I've seen others that are more like that rather than the story. So right. it, it depends on the people. And that's oh, a DM 100%. perspective. Um, so honestly, if we want to, uh, we can kind of just jump into homebrew that second topic. Um, I want to jump. I'm going to go. We're going to go Aiden, David, and then Liam. Um, this depends I on the do, person. I do want to point out really quick. We are almost at two hours. Uh, it's only an Are hour and actually no, it's only an hour and 19 yeah hour and a half hour and a half but like if we start this topic right now we'll probably be heading well we also we did hours. have like we did have like 15 we're, we'll finish this up i i think i think we got this okay i think that's we're totally going. fine that's totally fine i just wanted to be like yeah maybe maybe but yes thank you thank talking you. about home this up into part three <laughs> i won't go on too long about my homebrew experience uh, this, I, I mean I have sorry, the sorry, most sorry, experience sorry. with playing and DMing homebrew. I think I'm. Sick yeah, I actually okay. So then, how we'll do that? We'll go, uh, David, Layton, Aiden, because then it's kind of. Build or up. wait, actually, would you say you have David? Do you have more DMing experience or player experience? Um, it's a mixed bag. I've probably DM'd like five campaigns, and I've probably been a part of like seven. So. Okay. Um. So then, actually. Honestly, we're probably on the same level. We'll just go. We'll go. David, Layton, Aiden. Um, no, so I guess we're particular order. Uh, yeah, but David, uh, I just want you. Sorry. For the record, uh, we're skipping over Ethan because all of the Alcor was his homebrew campaign. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're skipping yeah. that one. I now Third. it's time to turn it towards you guys and just kind of get your experience. I haven't, and this is a side thing. I've I've talked about it a little bit, but I legitimately, I don't think I've I've played a player once. I've played a player once and I've homebrewed like three campaigns and that's it. 
Uh, I really just like DMing. God don't Complex, worry. I don't know. I don't don't know. worry, you're um, going to be a player for my campaign. I'm excited for that. But anyways, um, so, David, you start off just kind of advice or anything you've learned, maybe a memory, any like really anything you want, just the homebrew experience. What do you think? So I first want to start off by talking about, uh, I know we had like, maybe this is an idea or something like that, comparing homebrew versus like module play. Um, mm -hmm. And something that I want to talk about with that is it depends. If you're looking for a set story, module play is awesome. If you want to have fun and create something with your friends, do homebrew. Because, I mean, also, you, you, you can have fun get into module like, too. You can, have fun you can totally have fun with module. Yeah. It's just, are you looking for, and it, it feels more like a movie verse, or a video game versus, Aiden, you are a dick. You are a dick. I'm raising my dick. hand silently <laughs> so that I can. You could have been like this. David David literally like looked at you, recognized it, and you still were going like <laughs> this. I so was literally, my hand was literally the silently. guy. Bro was the guy in math class who, like, the teacher asked a simple question, which is like three times two, and he's like, "Bro is giving me crazy. He's giving me Chihuahua energy right now, and I'm not a fan of it." Like, amazing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I flamed the shit out of Aiden. It's been building up ever since. Ever since he, ever since he kicked me out of the, <laughs> the group, <laughs> I've been building slowly. Building. <laughs> but I want to say as well, the thing that makes homebrewing fun is the aspect of creation. Uh, it, and you know, it can be fun for players as well. Absolutely. But Aiden, you will have your turn, you little wanker. Um, but yes, it's the aspect of creation. This is the reason why, uh, you know, D&D content creators are so popular. It's because they have fun and interesting interactive ideas with a player or DM. Um, that's what really grabs the attention of audiences. Like finding something that's really interesting, like creating a monster that you have to fight. But every time you look away from it, you forget that it exists or something like that. Like... Mm -hmm very very interesting ideas and very interesting concepts or for example you can take different forms of media say doctor who or something like that and add in say you know you find the idea of a weeping angel really cool you know the when you look at the thing it doesn't move but as soon as you look away from it it moves extremely fast um it's peanut so also i i kind of want to yes. butt in just really quick and then aiden will get his turn um, I thought you said Dr. Seuss at first. Like, my brain registered Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and and I was like, angels. why is he bringing up Dr. Seuss? And then he said Weeping Angels. Was like, I was like, oh, oh, wait, never mind. Speaking like, of okay, which, they're creating Doctor Who Magic the Gathering decks. Pretty decks neat. Or cards. Yeah, Commander decks. Commander decks. Like, similar to Lord of the Rings, or? Yeah, think about, like, uh, 40K type stuff. Oh. If it's anything they're, like the fucking Tyranids deck, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> it's already they're already going for like eighty bucks on Amazon, even though yeah. they released Holy in like November. Shit. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's Doctor Who. I would expect no less. I would expect okay. no less from the nerd community. Aiden, 
Aiden, my most eager student, I'm glad that we have calmed our bodies and our minds, and I am allowing you to speak now. Literally, I'm going to throw you. Um, I just, I literally wanted to just say one thing, is that um, I, I just, like, when you were talking about modules and homebrew, for, like, my experience, um, having the structure of a module is amazing because it gives, especially new DMs and people who are not as experienced with the games, it gives them a nice path to be like, okay, here's my path. We're going to follow this and it's going to be fun. Um, I have played 90% homebrew, fully homebrew campaigns. So um, I haven't really touched the only module I have touched is Icewind Dale with Ethan. Actually, two. Icewind Dale with Ethan and Curse of Strahd with my uh, original group. And um, Curse of Strahd was heavily homebrewed. Um, the way that I often... Strahd, Strahd was actually a sexy vampire woman who uh, tried rizzing everything. <laughs> not, a, not a woman, but you're not wrong. Heavily homebrewed. <laughs> No, Strahd was Strahd was not the BBEG. That was basically the the thing. It was interesting. Huh. It was really bad, honestly. It was bad. Everything about that campaign was fucking awful. Um, oh, yeah. I have stories too. <laughs> yeah, no, I have plenty of stories about that. I should get Trith in here. Um, but like using like for mid experience dms using a module don't be afraid of it don't think that you have to be like a good amazing dm you have to make like your own expansive world with all this background and lore where your characters can be perfectly integrated in every little aspect no it doesn't need that don't be afraid to like copy some things obviously make it fit don't be like poor little little Gray's player and make um the the one of their their characters BBEG um Among Us. You didn't you didn't get to hear about that. Um yeah, one of uh. Gray, one of Gray's players currently has is like Edgelord McGee who's wasting every spell slot on disguised self. Not a changeling, not a Mask of Many Faces warlock so you can get disguised self for free. No, wasting every single spell slot to continuously cast Disguised Self so that they can... Which, by the way, does not change their appearance. Only their eyes and hair. Um, anyway. To, es to escape. Get this. A combination hybrid of red and blue from Among Us. One crewmate, one imposter. Terrible. Yeah, Terrible. I know. But... Sorry, ADHD side tangent. <laughs> don't be afraid. Evil. Don't be afraid to steal th th things from medias that you like, um, as long as you integrate it. As long as it fits in the story, as long as it fits in the continuity of what you are doing, don't be afraid to take things from places and put them in your campaign. Because ultimately, it's for your own enjoyment and the enjoyment of your players. So you shouldn't care about making such a original amazing thing in yeah, my no, opinion I agree with that. what did you I do i get that what did who do me yeah what's your what's your experience oh um 
because I can tell uh, we're Pat. getting a little, we're getting probably a little sleepy here. A little. You know. No, I'm not sleepy. I'm looking around at the uh, multitude of bugs in my room that I need to kill with the. Uh, okay, so seven thousand. Uh, uh, it's probably just me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just you and whatever Ethan's doing. Dude, you know, so I got like four hours of sleep last night because my, uh, I mean, I came back from the concert. And I went back, I went to bed at like two. Um, and I was like, oh, cool, I can sleep until like 10. This will be fine. But my mother, who just had leg surgery, like intensive leg surgery, hobbles out through our room, tries, is going down the stairs, doing all sorts. I'm like, mom, mom, you had surgery two days ago. What are you doing? Um, and she's like, I'm cleaning the house. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You are not Go cleaning the bed. house. And she's like, yes, I am. This is my house. I can do what I said. And I said, okay, I will watch you clean the house then. <laughs> so I spent oh the next like two hours just following her around, making sure she didn't die. And then she goes back later and lays in bed and goes, Oh, that wasn't a good idea. I'm in so much pain. I'm like, you are an idiot. You are uh, an idiot. <laughs> uh, my mom does that sometimes. She has hip stuff, but anyway. Um, so yeah, my homebrew experience, really quick. Um, a little bit of background. I started as a player. Um, I actually probably have less homebrew experience than uh, David does. Now that he's actually said like a like a number about like how many he's done. I've probably been a player for about four or five campaigns and I've DM'd like two. So I'm actually probably less than David does. But um actually now that I think about it, it's been more like seven player campaigns. But anyway, I started uh at, you know with my, my uncle, my uncle Tony uh introduced me to D D. Um and uh, we played in third edition, so that's what I was kind of used to to begin with. And then um, I wanted to start it with uh, my friend group down while I was living in Georgia. Um, I wanted to start that with my friend group, and we did a campaign. I ran a campaign over Discord, um, which was difficult at first, but we've kind of gotten better at it nowadays. But I tried running a campaign through Discord, and it was a module campaign. It was the first time I DM'd, and it was like after the third or fourth time I'd play as a player. Um, my biggest thing is if you're new to some, if you're new to it, if you're new to anything about it, just jump into it, because I have had the module I DM'd, the, like the module system I DM'd, I did not do a good job. I had made a character as a DM, I had made my own character within the world that I was kind of playing a, a while DM I was the DM. PC. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. At least, <laughs> it's, don't do that. It just leads I don't to think so many problems. It's fun. It's bad. I get it. I it's get horrible. it. I, Layton, you are not. You are not invalid for wanting that. I get it. It's really uh, hard. That, 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 was, me, so that was me many years ago. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I can. you can't do it. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it's so bad because the DMPC doesn't become a character. It becomes the forwarding of the story. So it's basically yep. just a trapping. Oh. It, it basically becomes a trapping device to get your players to do what you want in the world. And it's bad. It was bad. I That's exactly what happened. And uh, so that module campaign I tried to run, I had never done a DM before. Um, 
I would recommend doing a module for the first time. Like if you're gonna oh, yeah. DM for the That's first time, I would tip. recommend That's doing a good it. Tip. I didn't do it well, but it gave me an idea of what I should um as a team, rather than just kind of blindly doing things. Um, but again, my biggest thing is if you've never done it before, just do it. Um I ran a campaign. The other campaign I did was not a uh, was not a module campaign. It was a homebrew campaign. I had worked uh, with some of my players to actually build homebrew spells, which is a really difficult thing to balance. And that's something I didn't realize before actually doing it. So uh, it was like having Eldritch Blast be a 10th level Eldritch Blast at level two. It wasn't good. Don't do it. Uh, I mean, you can do you can do it, and I probably will end up doing it at a later date as homebrewing your own spells. But I would not have the knowledge of the fact that you have to balance a spell correctly, and you have to make a decent spell. Of like, it can't be overpowered, and you can't give your player too much power with it uh, early on. Like, I would not have the knowledge of that if I had done that originally. If I had jumped into trying to do that. Like yeah. making your own potions, making your own spells, and trying to learning how to balance those things, you have to do it to get experience in doing it. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Um, like, it is incredibly hard to balance things in homebrew. Like, it, I've. It, I've... It, 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 full homebrew is very difficult to balance. Um, I have been on the receiving end of Trith's um, massive uh, balancing rants. Uh, quite a few times, and that kid has balancing on lock down to a science. He's also been playing D and D forever. <laughs> Trith and D and D don't exist without since, each other. Yeah, since the dawn of time, Trith Trith was playing before he was born. D and D was on the oldest Xbox known to man for him. <laughs> yeah. No, but. <laughs> No, but seriously, that kid has it down to a literal science where creating you can we can create a like using his system, you can create any homebrew race and it fall like he's created a points system for each level of racial feat so that you can mix and match all of them in like a logical fashion and it'll come out with a ba- basically balanced uh race. Like something that is- some things will stack a little weird and make some weird combos, and you can avoid that by, you know, not doing it. Um, like, you can, you can obviously power game it, but making a logical sound race, like um, a Beetling, one of the races that there was a concept that went around our D&D Discord server uh, a long time ago of a Hollow Knight campaign that um, Trith wanted to conceptualize and run, potentially, and he started by making, I think, seven or eight races out of it for all of the like things in Polonite. And one of them was a beetling. And I really liked it because um, it gave you a climbing speed, uh, a plus one bonus to AC, I believe, um, and something like uh, and um, the Goliath thing where you count as one size larger when carrying pushing or whatever and how he did it was um he quantified each of the racial feats into a level of points and you have like i think like i think it was like 15 points that you can allocate it and each one each one has a different 
number of points so you can mix and match in order to create a mostly balanced race to be yeah, honest that, anything's uh, more balanced than yuan t pure blood so as some as someone who's gone to try to homebrew a spell that's batshit fucking insane because at, <laughs> trying to balance a spell is hard enough and that's just one spell ignoring all of the racial traits and feats and abilities and language bonus it, that's ridiculous that's it's, insane it's so good um, but again my thing if he hadn't started doing that, he wouldn't have gotten so good at it. Like, just do it. Just do it. I've run campaigns. And um, D&D is a very malleable thing as well. I've run things where I and my friends have run things uh, uh, as a joke because we're just trying to goof around and have fun. Um, all four of us were on our phones and not listening to the person talking. And it was really interesting how uh all of us just focused on your phones that's crazy i'm texting Trent. i'm listening i'm listening <laughs> i'm listening I'm as well te- i'm texting I, yeah, trith I'm actively here. to get more clarity on the racial system you want to know what i'm doing i'm messing with this again it is, is my tired. fidget <laughs> i am tired I- as well I'll finish up. I'll finish up real quick. I just want to say that D and D is a very malleable thing, especially for like my group that I play it with. Um, aside from you guys, um, we've done goofy ass shit with stuff. My friend Tristan is a huge military nerd guy. He like he goes to school and stuff for it, so he's run campaigns where it's a lot of gun related stuff and a lot of like shooting and trying to translate that into that we've done things where we've done i i've done i've run campaigns just like one shots where there's an easter egg of a little doom guy that they can pick up and it's an action figure and it starts a cod zombies easter egg like within the campaign that's as funny a joke. that's funny and like i'll whip up the 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 call of duty block ups like the the intro song like it's fun you can do whatever you want so, with it jumping into it that's what you have to do and you i mean yeah you need you need a base like rules and stuff you need like the basic rules of D and uh shut up ethan uh you need the basic rules of D and you need to be able to balance stuff but if you don't do it once you'll you'll never get into it so i just want to add a few few things really quick if you have if you do not know how to run a campaign and you know all sorts of stuff like that Watch someone else do it first. Play in a campaign yeah. in which someone else is doing it first. That's watch, yeah. Watch someone else do it. Watch Matt Mercer, dude. Like, if you have the ideas of wanting to become a DM, then you need to understand how D and D is played first. Yeah. Um, another another way to introduce you know new characters or um, you know new people who might not be as familiar or interested in D and D, try something like Pathfinder, like um. Mm-hmm. Try try a spin-off game that's similar to D and D, but can get them interested because it's a little easier. Pathfinder, yeah. Call of Cthulhu, like it, there's a million and one TGRPGs for everyone's little special interests. There, Cyberpunk, it was originally a. D&D oh yeah, that's going to be running Call Fallout of, in Call of Cthulhu year. Fallout. Um, you've got you've got basically everything. Call of Cthulhu is all roleplay because you're not gonna fight the eldritch beings. It's basically murder mystery. Um, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, other things I can't remember. 
There's a there is a ton of TTRPGs. Well, out there are tons. There are tons. Oh my god, what was the video game we saw at PAX? Um, that was like D and D, but VR. Oh god. Uh, um, uh Demio. Oh, Demio. Demio. Yeah, I was about, that was I was it. about to go rooting through my PAX loot to find that. Because um, seriously. Yeah, Things like Hold that on, can get you introduced into the world and the ideas of D and D, which is yeah. ultimately, you know, kind of what we're doing. Yeah. But any any final words you think? Um, yes. Don't don't be afraid to make something. If that makes sense, my biggest advice is that to make the make the character that you are going to love to death every and you might, single you time might, and you're never you might not like you might you might think you like it and then it doesn't hit the way you want it to and that's okay it's all part of the process i wouldn't say necessarily make the character that you're going to actually no yeah no yeah i would say that because i was i was gonna bring up the point of my pirate character that I made. I made him because I wanted to play a pirate. I wanted to play Jack Sparrow. Like, because that's what I wanted to do, because it's funny. And it ended up my best character, because I, like, I played him in a way I was not expecting to play him, and it just, it fell in very quickly. So if you make a character that you're going to love, because it fits who you are, you're going to figure out how to play that person. Also, I will say, after about five or six campaigns being played, or you know, you're you know you're playing with more experienced players, don't be afraid to kill a player. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'm I serious. So much. I see. As a DM, all of us have a little bit of DM experience. Um, I've DM'd a full long form campaign, um, with my experienced group, uh, and. Uh, well, and I also got halfway through the second one before it de- devolved into a shit show um, that I need to fix and rerun because I, I that is like my baby. But um, <laughs> the entire me and Trith Trith came to me with a character idea, and uh, which was Vesper, a kid with uh, a heart defect who needed life support. And we put him out of his hospital with his life support. And the only life support he had was from his robotic assistant. He was a um, steel defender artificer. They get a little, uh, they get a little um, construct that'll normally fight for them. But for this one, it was about giving him life support and making sure that he That's stayed alive. That's sick, actually. I like that making idea. Making sure that he stayed alive throughout the entire campaign. And throughout the campaign, they were going. It was based on one shot, um, the game. And Nerd. Yeah, Shit. shut up. Um, I actually might run it for you and break all of your souls, except for David, because he already knows what happens. Um, <laughs> but um, Me on Google right now. What happens at the end of one shot? No. Um, but... Basically, I we played through the entire campaign very subtly hinting that there's something a little amiss with Vesper and something's not quite right. Even though that he's like sassy and snappy, there's something a little, little, little wrong there that they don't really know what. 
And so throughout the, and through the entire campaign, it was just hinted at. And then once they got very close to the end, uh, it was like thrown out into the open. Like, oh shit, I'm running out of life support. And they're like, you need life support? Why? And it came out that he had a heart condition and they, like, because throughout the entire campaign, I'm very big on character interaction especially with a player player and player. So I basically forced their hand into a situation where they made a character that they are very emotionally attached to and very emotionally attached to the rest of the party. So they were like one like little group that were super emotionally invested in each other. And then I th said that, oh yeah, one of them has the very real chance of just kicking the bucket at any given moment now. Um... Yeah. <laughs> and it basically kicked them into overdrive to like we gotta get we gotta go we gotta get this done now and um as it was nearing the end of the campaign it was designed that way to get them moving um and at the final climax at the final climactic moment i had this uh we had planned all of this me and trith had planned all of this behind the scenes throughout the trith entire campaign evil bastard trith is amazing um we planned it so that vesper at the final climactic moment when all of the tension is high and everyone's stressing about what they're going to do next vesper has a heart attack and is actively dying on the floor as they have to make an incredibly important decision um you're evil and yeah evil. i i made Three or four of my players... Actually, one, two, three, four. I have five... Andre, Taylor, Glenn, Trith, Grant. Five players. Brother is flexing <laughs> while being a chronicler I of had, his own tales. He's I had like... five players. Three of them were in tears. No, two two of them were in tears. Trith was tearing up. I won't say sobbing. Two of them were sobbing. Um, <laughs> And, right. like... It, it was a glorious moment, but circling back to my actual point in this, don't shy away from character, Jeff. Just don't make it meaningless. Mm. Make also, it... side note, all of those people he just named uh, were, are chronically online. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, I, think, I think my brain just the melted podcast that, that we, we went through. say that, okay? We love we that. We went I think my brain just melted, and I love the story. I think it's great, but that was ten minutes to get to that conclusion. That was I think ten my brain minutes. Is... I I love that story. I I will say it is. It's a great like. Whenever he talks about that, I was very impressed, especially as a DM. And like Trith did that. most. Like Trith gave me the ideas, um, and like the story elements in order to craft it, but. I will take the credit for being the one to play it up. Like he hmm. made the story, but I I kind of sold it in a way. Like it, with this group, in any other in any other circumstance, they wouldn't they would have been like, oh no, this is such a like good moment, and I'm really sad. And then, but just the combination of Trith's story and me playing it up in the way that I did, it it was like a match made in heaven it was perfect and i don't He's think i'll ever top discord that mod riz shut 
Shut up. <laughs> um, I'm just messing with you, Aiden. I I love you, and I love the story that you're weaving. I want I want you guys to play that campaign really bad. You should have played. Like David can't really enjoy it the same way you guys would because he's played the game. So what happens at the end of what? Kidding. <laughs> but um. I'm I'm going to do it, and I'm going to wreck you guys. It's I'm going to find a way, and I'm going to wreck you guys. All right, so I think we have we've gotten to the end of our show today. Um, I think we're gonna skip nerdy news, though. I don't think we had. I any. think we're I think we're all a little sleepy right now. It is yeah, just a tad. Um, but yeah, it, I mean it's Aiden's funeral. He he talked. Uh, he's the one who did it. So. Rough. Um, anyways, anyway, so thank I'm you guys so much for joining us today. Um, and at the beginning of the show, you heard, as always, you can find us anywhere you stream podcasts. But that's really it. Uh, we hope to see you next Friday, Saturday. Um, yeah. Bye bye. Bro, I must be in an Egyptian guys. pyramid right now. No, I stopped Shut the stream. Up, bro. <laughs> I stopped the stream. You're. E-